As always, it's so good to be with you. How are we doing? All right, it's a beautiful day, isn't it? Beautiful. You enjoying the green grass? The grass is getting green, isn't it? I tell you, it looks beautiful. I love the color. Uh, there's so much color and beauty in creation. The yellow daffodils, I've seen some tulip trees and a lot of other things. Anybody seen any forsythia yet? I've not seen any of that. But uh, it, it truly is um, a sign of spring. Things are so beautiful now. And, and we're also in the season of Lent. This is the first Sunday, the first weekend in Lent. And the, the church is sharing with us this evening through the readings, it is teaching us that it's important that we learn, that we understand how to effectively deal with temptation. I mean, you really hear that in the readings, don't you? I mean, it's, it's so obvious. Yes, it is. Um, we hear it in the readings, the first, first reading, Eve and Adam, the temptation of them. Then in the gospel reading, we hear uh, the temptation of Jesus. Sometimes it's hard to believe, but yes, Jesus was tempted, wasn't he? He was tempted, and the, if you look in Hebrews 4.15, it specifically says it. Uh, it says this, when Jesus lived on earth, he was tempted in every way that we are, but without sin. See, temptation is just a part of a process. It doesn't have to end in sin, does it? A lot of times it does, but it doesn't have to. That's the beautiful thing, and that's what we want to talk about today. So what can we learn out of today's readings that will assist us in effectively dealing with temptation in our own lives? Because, I mean, does everybody here have temptations? Huh? Well, of course you do. There's nobody here that's exempt from temptation. I mean, if Jesus wasn't, I'm sure we're not, we're not exempt as well. So let's begin by um, asking ourselves, where do temptations come from? If you look in the readings, you'll see two sources, two that stick out really well. The first one is Satan, and then the other one is ourselves. Um, because we don't have a lot of time, uh, we would not focus ourselves on uh, the source of temptation regarding Satan, but we'll deal with that one a little later. But it's not that I'm not wanting to talk about it, because let me say this. Satan and all evil spirits, they're creatures. They're fallen angels. That's what they are. And they are real. They are real. And as Christians, it's extremely important that we learn how to deal with them when, it come, when they come upon us to tempt us. That's important. So now let's return to how we create our own separate set of temptations that we go through in life. Well, uh, we can thank St. Thomas Aquinas for this. He, he had a whole lot to say about this. And it, uh, it really has to do primarily with th three of the powers of the soul. And here they are, and I'm going to explain them here in just a minute. Senses, memory, and imagination. Hold on to those. Senses, memory, and imagination. That's where temptation comes from, those three things. And, and you've heard of all those, haven't you? You know, uh, you know senses. Well, what are senses? Well, God gave them to us. Uh, you know, they're good at giving us information. Senses uh, give us information about what's going on around us. If we didn't have senses, it would be really hard to interact with the world, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, it would be really crazy, wouldn't it? 
What are the five senses? Sight, sound, touch, taste, and smell. Those are the five senses. And it's through them that we perceive our world and we interact with our world. Now let's go to the example in Genesis, first of all, and look at uh, Eve's encounter with what is called or considered to be the forbidden fruit. What was the sense? What was the out of the five senses that she picked up on at the fruit? What does it say? Sight. She looked at it and it was pleasing. Isn't that what it said? There's the sense. All right, there's the sense. Exactly, that's what it is, the sense of sight. Um, and then other, once that information is received, it's filtered, you might call it. Uh, it's, it then goes to our memory. Our memory is where we sort of verify things. And we see, uh, we, we see that told in the story again today. What did it say? Well, when you were reading the first part of the reading, it said that, uh, there was a lot of trees in the Garden of Eden, wasn't there? And uh, God said, don't eat of these. But he said, anything else? And, and what does she say to herself? She says, well, you know, the trees in the garden, they're good to eat, and they fill your belly. They fill you up. Isn't that what she said? So what's she doing? She's looking at this tree, the one you're not supposed to touch, and she sees how pretty it is, Sight, sense, right? Her memory tells her that a, something like that looks good and it tastes good and it fills your stomach. It's, what did she say? It's good for food, isn't it? So see, what we do is when, we, when our senses talk to us, we, we rebound them through our memories. We sort of verify them through our memories. And then there's the imagination. Uh, that's the other part. Uh, and, and what is it? You ever, you ever had picked up something, then you got it in your memory, and boy, do you want it. What do you do with it? What do you do with imagination? Well, you blow it up. <laughs> Man, it's this big. You know, mad, you know, it's really what we're thinking about is this big. But uh, people can do that when they're in love. They do it all the time. Oh, my gosh, I love this. Oh, they're, they're everything, even though they're, they're mean and nasty. Oh, no, they're everything. You know, you, you have a, the imagination gives you a, has a sense to overlook things. That is, until you get married. Then it changes, doesn't it? Uh, but yeah, that's part of it. I, I was reading a fascinating study the other day where it was talking about how that men in relationships, when they're developing a relationship with a woman, that they will just devote all their time to that. You know, and then when, when the relationship is developed, what do they do? They're gone. You know, they go back to whatever it was they're doing. It's, it's fascinating. Human body, the human soul is utterly fascinating. But the imagination is one of the big challenges that we have in our life. And what does, what does Eve think to herself? Well, I've validated this sense through my memories. Uh, well, Satan told me that if I eat this fruit, I'll become like God. I'll be just like God. You know, I could use a little more wisdom in my life. And I'm not selfish. No, I'm not selfish. I'm going to eat some of that fruit. But uh, I'm going to also give Adam some, too. Because I'm not selfish. See, I want him to, his belly to be full. And 
I want Adam, I want him, uh, you know, to be wiser. You know, that's right. Do you see that? I mean, it's amazing. Aquinas, Thomas Aquinas. We go through this process every day, sometimes many times a day, dealing with what our senses are telling us and processing it and trying to understand what to do with it. We go through it all the time. We don't realize it, but, uh, but we do. Well, the more you understand, as we see in the reading today, how it works, the better you can deal with it. That's the key. That's why I'm sharing this today, is because the better you understand it, the more you'll be able to deal with it in your life. Now, what I want us to do, that's, a, that's sort of an old example. It may not be real easy to understand. I want to use a contemporary example of this. It goes like this. You're at your 25th high school class reunion, and you run into your old high school sweetheart. That ever happen? Well, what happens? The senses kick in, don't they? Well, they look great. They've not changed a bit. Ooh, uh, you know, that's the sight. Smell. They're still wearing that same fragrance that I always like to smell. Even when we were in high school 25 years ago. Smell. Their voice is so pleasant. It's been years since I've heard it. What's that? Sound, right? It sure felt good when we hugged. What's that? Touch. The senses have kicked in. I mean, they really kicked in. Uh, you know, um, so here's what I'm feeling. So what do, what, is it, what do they do? Well, they fast forward it. They send it on to the memories. Memories verify this for me. These are what I'm feeling, I'm sensing. Well, you know, memories say, we sure had some good times together. I can remember some good times. Life was simple back then, not a care in the world. You know, all that kind of stuff. It's valid. Send it on to imagination. Boy, they really like this one. Imagination really likes it. Imagination says, says this. Well, you know what? If you just become friends, maybe you can feel like you did in the old days. Not feel like you did in the good old days, you know. Well, it's true. Things aren't the greatest at home right now with the spouse. But I'm not going to let this situation get out of hand. I'm too strong for that. This won't happen, right? Uh, what's an occasional Zoom meeting going to matter? You know, I'm tempted to give them my cell phone number. Happens all the time. See, what, you, what you're looking at here, this is a contemporary example, but what you see is that senses, your memory, and your imagination are extremely powerful. They are powerful. Here's... This is really, this really taught me something about how powerful they are. This is what large businesses do to get you to buy their product. Have you ever heard of a marketing psychologist? Well, I had until my son went into psychology to be a psychologist, and he said, you know, they, they have a, something called a marketing psychologist. 
and he had a PhD. And, and, and what you do is you get into the mind of the consumer. What is it that triggers their senses, their memories, their imagination, and it causes them to buy, even if they don't need it or if they can't afford it? You know? That sound familiar? Uh, that, when I think about marketing psychologists and the power of memory and imagination, uh, you know, and, and senses, I always think about the TARC bus. I'm behind the TARC bus, and it's got the Kentucky Lottery ad on it. Win millions. Win millions, you know. You can, you can, be, you can be a millionaire. And then at the bottom of it, in, in little print, it says this. What does it say? Play responsibly, it's just a game. You believe that, don't you? Yeah, it's just a, yeah. That's why you spend all these thousands of dollars to create this ad. It's just a game, yeah. See, it's powerful. Well, let's go back to our high school reunion. Now we're in a state of temptation. We're tempted to do something. Uh, we're faced to make a choice. You know, we have to make choices all the time. That's, that's part of being a human being, isn't it? Uh, if you look at being made, we heard that in the scripture reading today, being made in the image and likeness of God is the, giving you the ability to make a choice. God doesn't choose for you. If he did, you'd be a robot, and you couldn't choose to love God. God doesn't choose for you. You choose. Uh, just look in the world today and see some of the poor choices that have been made. You know, why doesn't God stop that? God gives you the choice to choose. Uh, and it's this choice, this ability to choose, that separates you from every other creature. There's not another creature on this earth that's made like you. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? Well... Our senses, they, our senses, our memory, and our imagination's already chimed in. They say, give them your cell phone number and ask them to call you when they get a chance. But then there's this other thing called the conscience. You ever heard of it? Conscience says, wait a minute. You need to wait a minute. Uh, it's, I, I was thinking about it. It's like the picture. You, got, you ever seen the picture with who's on this side? The little devil on this side whispered in your ear, give him the number, give him the number. Then you got the angel there, what's the angel whispered in your ear? Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Right? Yeah, it's sort of, it's sort of like that. Well, what does the conscience say? Well, I think Jesus portrays it perfectly in today's reading. Exactly perfect. No less than three times, he says to Satan, Satan, it is written. Satan, it is written. Satan, it is written that you shall, that man shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, not your mouth. Satan, it is written in God's word. And that's why knowing God's word is so important. It's, it's vitally essential. Keeping God's word in your heart is so important because God's word is truth. It's higher truth. See, it's greater truth. 
It's the highest of truth. It supersedes what your senses, your memory, and your imagination is telling you. You know, it's so important. God's word is so important. And I think that's why we're in the situation that we are today. It's our moral compass. But if we throw out the compass, what's to direct us? Well, whatever we feel is right. Right? Isn't that right? Just as long as we don't hurt nobody. That's what our moral compass is. That's not the moral compass that we as Christians live by. Um, so what do we say? If we're in this class reunion situation, temptation, it is written. Remain in fidelity to your spouse. Temptation, it is written. If you play with fire, you'll get burned. Temptation, it is written. Thus says the Lord, keep your heart pure. Now you have to make a choice. You've got two choices to face. Which will it be? See, temptation is not a sin. It's when you yield to it that it becomes a sin. So which will it be? Here's my cell number, or I'll see you in 20, 25 more years at the 50th reunion if I've lived that long. Which one should it be? Well, you got to decide. I can't decide for you. God's not going to do it. But I will say this. And I've seen this enough. I have seen the, out, the, the fallout of sin in people's lives and in my own life as well. Here it is. Whatever choice you make, you get to choose. Whatever choice, you choose a destiny. Whether it's good or whether it's bad. You choose this day. That's what we heard in the scripture reading this week. Is it life or is it death? You reap the destiny. So let me leave you with one thought for reflection. Is there something in your life today that you're being tempted by? Is there? If so, follow God's word and reap a good destiny. God bless you.